The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. I do want to return to a story uh, we covered yesterday, uh, which is CAMS, the Child and Adolescent Mental Health Services. We heard from Morris about the horrendous failure uh, of that service when it came uh, to providing uh, for his son. And we were inundated with people sharing similar stories. Chloe is with me now. Uh, Chloe is the parent of a child who has been in and out of CAMS uh, over an extended period of time. Chloe, you're very, very welcome to the show. Um, can you tell me a little bit uh, about your own situation? Um, so my own situation is my son was referred to CAMS um, from a young age. He was six or seven when he got referred. Um, we had to wait a very, very long period of time to even be seen. We were refused to be accepted onto the waiting list because apparently um, his behaviours and his um wasn't extreme enough. It wasn't under their remit, even though we had multiple letters from the school, from the GP, from um, psychology services, basically saying that the camps was the place that we were to go. Mm. Um, and we finally did get referred and accepted. We were then equally discharged as basically discharged after two appointments, saying that we thought that my son had autism and we were under the wrong team. Um, and gave us a letter to the CDN team, who then also basically said he wasn't severe enough to be considered because he's um, very articulate, he's verbal, he's able to attend mainstream schools, so he wouldn't be considered essentially disabled enough to get help from their supports either. So he was falling through the cracks between the two services, and I was told that involved TDs, and I was told even by the TDs that because he was able to function in mainstream school to a degree in terms of academics but not behaviour, that it was going to be difficult to get him help in that way. So we had to keep kind of coming back. And when we eventually did get accepted into CAMS, um, we then um, met with a doctor who immediately said, I don't know why that previous doctor said he was autistic. It's obvious to me that he has ADHD and prescribed him medication on the very first um, appointment, basically said that the reason that the previous medication wasn't working, which was um, antidepressants for my seven-year-old, was that he wasn't depressed, he had ADHD. And so we were prescribed um, risperidone. And we were told at the time that this was an emotional regulator, that it would help calm our son down and we would be able to then function in school and learn and so forth. Um, we weren't told at the time that it was an antipsychotic. We weren't told about any of the side effects or anything like that. Um, and mm. basically, uh, this was the best option for our son. And then a couple of appointments later, we were then prescribed two different ADHD medications as well to help with the focus and the concentration because he had ADHD. So, so sorry, Chloe. So you, you're you're referred to the service, and after a couple mm-hmm. of appointments, it, you're kind of evicted. You're expelled from it. You yeah. fight then to get back into the service. Eventually, you get back in on appointment number one. Your son is put on antipsychotic medication, but you're not told he's on antipsychotic medication. And on appointment yeah. number two, two other medications are lumped in on top of it. That's where we are now. Yeah. Yeah. And so, how was your son through all of this? So. I suppose he did calm down 
Um, so, and he was better behaved. We did have aggressive outbursts, but they weren't as regular, but they were more aggressive when he did have them. But because he wasn't being suspended from school, which he was before, we thought that the medication was the right medication. We thought we were finally getting somewhere and we thought mm. we were actually getting um, the help that we needed. Um, what we have since then found out is that my child has been caught up in the masking report where with um, the carry cams. And uh, he was on this medication for uh, between two and two and a half years. And that he was actually sedated for him. It's just that my, my child is so hyperactive that he kind of blended in with the other children then. So so it wasn't like he was kind of sitting on the chi- on on the couch um, and wasn't able to get up and do things. Mm. Like he was he was present, he was there, but for him he was heavily sedated. And when we asked about like the fact that he didn't want to go to sports and he didn't want to go and play with his friends and everything, we were basically told by the doctor that because he's getting treatment for the ADHD, his autism symptoms are coming through and sure autistic children can have social difficulties and not want to go out. So after a long day in school, he's tired and he just wants to come home and chill out. So, you know, like we asked questions and we were given what we thought were reasonable answers and we wouldn't have questioned the doctor. You know, when we did question him, he kind of said, would you be questioning if I was giving you insulin for a diabetic child? You know, like... Which of course hey, is that, is that what the doctor drugs. actually said? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he was that, his nose was that out of joint that you even asked that he said that was his response. He just, yeah, he, you know, like I'm a doctor. This is insulin. Uh, you know, if your child had diabetes, you wouldn't say you weren't going to give him insulin just because you'd never heard of it. So we had never heard of these drugs. I deliberately wouldn't have gone on to the likes of Google or anything because I'm not a doctor, and I would have just seen all the horror stories. So I trusted what what the doctor was telling mm. me. And when I asked the questions, he gave somewhat reasonable answers. You know, like I'd been doing research on autism. I'd heard about masking. I'd heard about coming home from school and and having kind of like wanting to relax. You know, I'd heard about all of these things through support groups and my own research. So it it made sense. Um, Then we didn't see anyone for over a year and we just assumed that it was because of COVID and that we were kind of more stable than some other people and yeah. so the services were being used that way. But then we found that my son was getting more and more aggressive, more and more upset. Um, he'd, he'd go from kind of a lull to throwing things around. He'd be, um, he'd be aggressive with my other children, shouting and all this kind of stuff. And I genuinely thought it was a case of he got bigger and he needed his medication looked at mm. because he was bigger, because I, I knew it was based on weight. And then when we went back into the services, um, we saw another doctor again, and we were basically told that all the medication he was given was not the right medication. He'd never got an official diagnosis, so they hadn't gone through the official procedure to even give him a diagnosis to yeah. say this child has and, ADHD. And Chloe, how, how long was he on the wrong medication? He was on the wrong medication for uh, about two years and three months. So for two years and, we were, and three and, months, he's on yeah. this medication. That that's yeah. uh, it's, you know it, it, it's we having a, it's such an impact that you actually ask the doctor, "Listen, are you sure about this?" The doctor gets his yeah. nose put out of joint and and comes back with a smart yeah. uh, Alec reply. Can you 
tell me how you felt when you went into this new doctor and this doctor looked at the file, looked at your son and said, well, this is the wrong stuff altogether. Yeah, so I went in just like it's a normal appointment. Um, I do a lot of these appointments myself because my husband is the only person who's working because of my child's additional needs. Um, so I didn't expect there to be anything different. I didn't know there was going to be a new doctor, but that happens all the time as well. You just come in and there's a new person. You're not warned that there's going to be a new person. Mm. We were in the, sitting, the waiting room for a good 20, 30 minutes before we were called in. And then when we were called in, um, the doctor explained to me that the reason we'd been waiting so long was that we couldn't actually find my child's file, that he had actually been archived because he'd been discharged back in 2018. Now, we had been receiving medication. This was 2021. We had been receiving medication the whole time. And we had had appointments after 2018. But his file was in the archives and they had they couldn't find it and they had to bring in an, another member of staff from a, a different part of the service to, to kind of mm. see, yep, this so, is this right family. This well, is who they are. You know, so... So what's any... Sorry, uh, uh, Chloe, to cut across you. So uh, those appointments after 2018, um, you know, it, it would be routine after those appointments for the doctor or nurse who ever sees your child to, to, to make a note of the appointment, to make a mm-hmm. note of what advice or that a prescription was renewed yeah. or there was an extra medication added. Was that, was that yeah. happen? Did, did any of that happen? Or had your file just been sitting out in a warehouse somewhere? Well, after we kind of got caught up with the Maskey report, um, we requested the information. So um, I got information through the Freedom of Information and there is information there. So I, I just don't really understand why it was put to the side, um, mm. why it was archived essentially, because there is some, not all, there's missing files, there's missing appointments, there's missing information all the way through his file. Like my, my son has... Um, kidney issues, even if um, the risperidone is the appropriate drug, which I think in in some very, very small cases it might be, because he has a kidney issue, he should never have been given that drug anyway. It would have had to be an alternative drug anyway. None of that kind of, you know, I would have told them that. I would have given given them all the information. None of that seems to have been recorded in his files. So not only was he on the wrong medication, he was actually on a medication that could potentially have damaged his kidneys on top of the problem he already has. And how is he today, Chloe? He's he's doing well. He's a lot more animated. He has joined in. He plays soccer. Um, He goes to some after-school activities. Um, He comes out on family days out because he wouldn't have wanted to do that before. Um, but what we're finding is he's very emotionally immature. Mm. Um, and that means that we essentially have a child who's in body, he's 12, but in his emotional regulation, he's eight, nine. He now refuses to engage with any of the services. So if I get him into an appointment, he will just sit there and point blank refuse to answer any questions because he doesn't trust them. Yeah. And so even though the services can kind of tick the box and say, oh, you were offered this appointment, those appointments aren't, aren't actually of any benefit to him at all because he just won't engage in that. So that means he's falling even further behind in terms of his emotional development yeah. and then his communication skills and everything because he comes across as quite childish. It's hard for him to keep 
friends of his own age, um, which is already quite difficult potentially for an yeah. autistic child anyway. So like he already has that difficulty to overcome, but now he's he's pretty much two years behind because for those two years he didn't want to talk to anyone, he didn't want to go out, he didn't want to make friends. Well it's kind of two years he stolen off his life. Off his social yeah, life anyway, isn't it? Yeah. So he hasn't had that he hasn't had that opportunity opportunity to build up over those two years. Then you had COVID as well. So he's like a lot of children are behind with COVID anyway. And then he has a diagnosis on top of that. So like it's really, really difficult for him to 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 make and keep friends because he doesn't have the same skills as his peers because he was essentially sedated for over two years. It can't be easy on you either, Chloe. It's it really has had an ad, an adverse effect on my own mental health. Like I don't trust the system in any way and any time I have to go to an appointment I feel anxious that am I doing the right thing because from my point of view I fought for over two years to get my child into that service and then that service has done damage to my child so I still have to interact with them my child still needs to be in these services because he still needs support I still have to take I still have to get medication for him because he still requires um, the ADHD medication, but he didn't require two ADHD medications. He, he's on one medication now. He was mm. on three. And so it's really difficult for me. And then that has an effect even on my other children when if they're feeling unwell and you're going into the doctors. Like, you know, it's, it's the whole health service where you're kind of going, am I doing the right thing here? Um, it kind of knocks your, it knocks your confidence in terms of your parenting because you go in trusting the system. And then you basically find out that the person you were trusting just basically did it wrong. Oh, yeah, well, know? listen, I think give yourself some credit, Chloe. You didn't blindly trust. You, you actually asked the question and, uh, you know, as, as you said, it was the kind of the, the smart addict response of, you know, if your child had diabetes, would you question the insulin? So, you know, you did mm-hmm. a lot more than others that I might have done. I think we're kind of programmed to just to kind of uh, uh, trust people in positions uh, like that. Uh, I mean, look, it's 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 further evidence as if it was needed um, that the CAM service, I mean, has and continues uh, to fail people in different parts of this country. A brilliant service in, mm-hmm. in some parts of the country. We got that yesterday from Texters, but just total geographical lottery. And I mean, unfortunately, yeah. yourselves and, and Morris lost that lottery. Yeah, the likes of Cork and Kerry are still so understaffed mm. that um, it's still really difficult. Like even now, um, I don't get... The only reason that I got some help with some therapies and some services is because of the Maskey report, like through the liaison team. I have to be fair and kind of say with the liaison team, I was fighting to try and get an OT. I was told by both services, no, nope, that's an ADHD issue, so you have to get an OT from CAMS or from the from the... Uh, disability teams I was told oh no that's an autism issue do you know like they keep kind of passing between the two of them but after the liaison team was set up we got we did get private OT um, and we did get an assessment which helped my son to get um, assistive technology but that's only because they made a mess like if I asked for OT with the CAM service now I'd be told there was no OT well Listen, uh, Chloe, all I can say is, is thank you for sharing the story with us because I, I think, you know, it, it does serve a purpose. It, it helps to highlight where the failings are. So at least 
pressure can continue to mount to to solve those problems. Uh, so listen, thank you very, very much uh, again. If you are in a similar situation to Chloe or, or her story and her son's story have echoes of your own, uh, do get in touch. 87 1400 106. You can email the or reach me on Twitter at the hard shoulder. Lots still to come, don't go anywhere. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.